And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is your favorite host here on Startup Hustle, Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, covering all things entrepreneurship, Amazon, e-commerce. Um, today's episode is called No Risk, No Rewards. I'm super excited about today's guest. We're going to talk about going all in on yourself, um, failing forward. You know, something that we both have in common is trying a whole bunch of things that didn't work before we started figuring out, really get, catching our stride, so to speak. Um, before we jump in and I introduce you, uh, Startup Hustles episode is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Lorenzo, I want to talk about your software as well. Um, you know, Full Scale is a team that can help you with that. We're going to dig into that as well. Today's guest, Lorenzo Oliver from Las Vegas. Lorenzo, welcome to the show. Yo, yo. Welcome. welcome. Thank you. I know we've had a couple reschedules. Um, you know, this has been overdue. I've been wanting to get you on the show. Lorenzo is a friend of a very close friend and my business partner, Brian Glasser. They grew up together. That's how we got connected and really just want to get into the meat of some of his story for you guys today. Um, I think it's fun. I'm in the Airbnb business as well, as well as Marknology and e-commerce. So cleaning is a big part of what we do, managing all of our properties and something that honestly is maybe the most difficult. Uh, Lorenzo, the company we're talking about today is Pristine Cleaning. But before we get in, I like to back up, back up, back up, back up before we get into it. And Let's talk about your story. Let's talk about, uh, let's start with Brian Glasser. Let's start with our mutual friend, Brian Glasser. I think you guys were in high school when you met. Um, he said you've been hustling um, as long as he's known you. Yeah, so uh, Brian and I, I actually met Brian through my wife. Um, they actually went to school together. Um, I sort of stole Brian from Jamie. Okay, okay. Our, our relationship just sort of spawned together really well. Um, but... Yeah, met met Brian. God, probably I want to say over ten years ago, and um, just sort of knowing, you know, what he did prior to, you know, the the business side of what you guys do now. But you know, working for Hallmark and um, the other companies that he's worked for, uh, it was more just like a friendship. You know, we always used to just hang out on the weekends, you know, and you know, do do our crazy fun stuff, do, you know, do your stuff. Yeah. You guys were young and young and dumb. <laughs> so as they say, um, yeah. you know, so, okay. So how'd you get into entrepreneurship? Like, is it something that you felt like you always wanted to be your own boss? You always like, that was something you knew from a young age that you wanted to do, or is it something you kind of fell into by necessity? Um, I think, uh, I would say it's sort of crazy to say, but I think it's something that just sort of falls falls along in your like family tree. Uh, my grandmother was a hairdresser and then started her own business and had her own salon. And she was the one that sort of raised me. And I, I think I just really learned a lot of values and a lot of, uh, I would say traits of entrepreneurship at a young age. Um, I, I remember uh, we talk about stories of sort of like how we got started, but like 
when I was like eight years old, having my own bike shop in the garage and doing tune-ups for kids around the neighborhood and charging them, you know, for like oil changes, technically not really an oil change, but you're just gearing up the, uh, all the gears and checking on the brakes and everything from, uh, doing landscaping, having a little small landscaping business when I was a little, uh, I think like 13 or 14, but just around the neighborhood, you know, I think those are like some of the starts of entrepreneurial. And I think when you realize you can start something from, you know, just a, a vision, an idea, I think it just motivates you to keep, you know, trying to proceed and try to grow something into making some real good money. So, yeah. Well, before you got here, what are some of the ideas? Let's talk about some of the funny ones, some of the bad ones, whatever. What are some of the stuff? Like, I can come up with my list, but that's not what today's show is about. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things you tried that you were like, you know, you had a vision and, and didn't work out? Well, I, I was very passionate. I, you know, I had a really good best friend, a close best friend um, in high school that passed away. And we started a clothing line. And uh, the clothing line was actually very successful, uh, but I think being in high school, you you know, you still have responsibilities. And when you're trying to grow something to, you know, that next level, we're making you know a couple thousand bucks a week. That's still great. You know, you're in high school, but it's like, what's the next step? And we had our you know our brands and um, we had our brand in a couple of stores, but it was really trying to really scale, and it was just very difficult to do that uh, with really no capital granted your own money but really trying to purchase merchandise uh, merchandise and trying to always stay with the next you know style and all that so i would say that was like sort of the first one that i would say failed because of the fact that we didn't have capital and then um we sold we actually sold our, our rights and patents and all that stuff so that was okay. like sort of i would say a good thing uh that we got from that but from there, I think it was, I, I was so like ego driven to keep with the clothing brand because you it know, was this lifestyle I, thing. Yeah. You know, so you, you see like the other clothing brands going and then you're like, man, I was like, I did it in high school. I mean, I can, you know, now I'm graduated. Um, at that time, uh, God, I don't even know where I was working at, but, um, oh, I think I was working actually for my friend's, uh, parents business. And I was like, well, you know, I could start another one, you know, and it was called Broken Dreams because it was like the name, the culture of, of dream that was broken from the first clothing line that I had was called Bollinger. And Bollinger was the purpose of like, we all played sports. So it was like, it was a sports athletic gear. And it was actually funny because it was right before, uh, oh my God, Under Armour came out. So everybody was like really digging the like, oh man, this is a sports gear, like uh, sports shirts and all that stuff. So uh, we went with Broken Dreams and that's when the economy took a hit back in 2004 or five. And basically that was another, I would say rough patch in, uh, um, another business venture. But, um, I think you just learn from those and then you try to figure out what you took from that to help you with, you know, the next vision. And, um, I sort of took a seat back and I started working valet, uh, at MGM. And then went from MGM. Um, no, no, sorry. I went to Caesar's, Caesar's Palace and did Valley there. And then my grandmother got me an um, opportunity to work at MGM to do Valley there. And, you know, I'm 22 years old. I think this is like the dream job for like all kids. You know, every, everybody's like, man, I want to be a Valley, you know, at that time because now Valley 
I feel bad for everybody because now everybody's charging to park cars and stuff, you know, but, um, you know, when you, I always feel like you always get like those signs in life when you're just like, man, is this what, what you want to do for the rest of your life? Yep. And it was a, it was a, I think one of those moments I'm sitting, standing in the, um, the driveway at the MGM, uh, you know, through ballet. And I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, I'm 22 years old. I'm like, is this the end of my life? You know, being a ballet driver, not saying ballet driver, nothing's wrong with that. I'm just, that, that was not my drive. And I remember I told my grandmother, I was like, I think I'm going to put my two weeks in. And she goes, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And all of a sudden I go back to the house and I'm, me and Jamie are talking and I'm going to the mailbox and I see this little like paper tab back in the day. You remember how you have like the little paper tabs on the mailboxes, you pull a little number off and it was a, a little kid marketing uh, pooper scooper. And I was like, I was like, there's really like five things pulled off of this little paper and this kid's charging, you know, $5 a dog to pick up some dog poop. I'm like, how hard is this? I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, so I told Jamie, I go, well, let's, let's do a little, let's do a tester. Like the first week, the whole thing was gone. Like everybody was calling, you know? And I'm just like, holy cow. I'm like, really people are paying to have someone pick up, you know, dog poop. And what I, what I, realized, so you were, who cleaned up the dog poop? You or Jamie? Oh, I did. I did. Okay. I, well, uh, it was they a call, effort. they get Jamie and then you're the one that shows <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. It was a, it was a team effort at that time. And then it turned into, she was like, Oh no, you just do it. So, um, after I think probably a good, like three months, I was making the same amount that I was doing ballet. And then I knew at that moment, I was like, I'm done. I was like, this is that risk that you take, you know, to, see if you can get to that next level. And I already knew I was, I didn't have an opportunity to come back to this job because my grandmother said, like, if you leave this, like, there's not like, no, like, Hey, can I get rehired? It didn't work out, you know? So I already had that, um, I guess idea of knowing like, this is it. Like I have to make this work. So I really just pushed it and pushed it. And, you know, we turned like, I remember at that moment we had like, I think like 30, 30 weekly clients. And then it turned into like 50 and then it was like 75 and then it was a hundred. And then we got, we started getting clients asking for, um, pet sitting, you know, Hey, can you watch our dogs? And you got to think this is, you know, back in 2005, 2000, 2004, 2005, when this was not really even popular at the time. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll watch your dog. And I remember the lady asked me the first time she goes, well, how much are you going to charge? And I go, I just threw out a number. I was like, uh, well, what do you, what do you need? And she's like, well, we're leaving town. How much would you charge, you know, per night to stay and watch our dogs? I was like 60 bucks. She goes, oh, well, that's a bargain because my last pet sitter charged 75. And I was like, oh, I already knew then. I was like, okay, so we can charge, you know, 75 to 85. So we started marketing, uh, for pet sitting and it just, another avenue like the pooper scooper just tied in with the pet sting and like that was when i realized just what'd you call that business jnl pet services for jamie and lorenzo okay okay so, sorry yeah, I, yeah. I, but that's when you realize what that's when you realize well i think that's when i realized the potential of actually growing a company and really um like expanding and then 
the one downside that I had that I know now is employees because, you know, I wish it, at that time it was like when you're making so much money, you want all that money. You know, yep. you don't want to pay somebody else to, you know, do the work because you're like, I want this money. I want this money because it's the first time you're really making money. So you have a scarcity mindset realize. versus an abundance mindset, honestly, yes, at, the, yes, at the core of yes. it, because it's like I've always like you know, I talk about that now. I talk about that to Brian all the time, you know, when I'm just like if you understand the principle of and you have to believe that more is coming in, otherwise it doesn't make mm -hmm. sense to hire. Right. So you have to believe True. that like what you have is not like you have to hold on to it. And if you've been from the bottom, if you've been from nothing, um, it's hard to do that. It's hard to let go of what you don't have. You know, yeah. and so you're like, you might need this for a rainy day. Like, you know, you just you've dealt with problem after problem. I have, at least in my life, yeah. whether it was my car breaking down or I never had the money to do it. It was like I didn't have extra money in the bank. It was like I need to pick up extra shifts or something happened that I wasn't planning for. And I remember like going from a consultant to an agency. You know, my team is 30 now. My team is 30. That's awesome. I, you don't necessarily get prepped or prepared or like you might be great at scoop and poop, right? Or like <laughs> helping brands on Amazon or like as a consultant, but it's way different to try to build a team of cleaners or of totally um, different. you have to be a manager, you have to be a leader. And a lot of people that are great do-it-yourselfers or entrepreneurs or can communicate with one person, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they know how to lead anyone else. That doesn't mean they yeah. know how to communicate to anyone else. That doesn't mean, and that's what I'm still figuring out. Um, We've gone from three to well, 30 that, in three years. So it's like a short amount yeah. of time to get those skills. That is so true. And I, I still, to, you know, piggyback what you just said, like, I think that is the biggest thing that I, as you know, now in my cleaning company, we'll go back and discuss how we got into that. But I think that is the biggest, you know, learning curve is still learning how to communicate, still being able to, you know, make people feel empowered, make them feel, you know, welcomed working with you, you know? And, um, so yeah, that, that was, that was the huge, uh, and still, you know, it's constant and, you know, I'm sort of right now at the point where I guess comfortable, where I'm not looking to really see to grow the cleaning anymore because now we're moving on to the cleaning is running by itself. So it's like now onto the next one. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, so that's, you realize, okay. So to bring it back, like you're, you're like, you started doing the, the, the overnight dog sitting oh, or whatever. Yeah. And you started realizing that in order to be able to execute on that, you probably needed more people. Right. So when, what I realized was me and Jamie, like we would, we were booked nonstop for doing pet sittings and we've gone for like weeks apart because we're staying at people's homes. And during that whole time, it's like, yeah, we're making great money and all that stuff, but you know, uh, how can we sort of get help? But at the same time, one of the issues, and still to this day, I sort of like, sort of wish I didn't think it as much, but you know, you would hire a pet sitter. Well, they could easily just start stealing your clients and charge, you know, less, you know, but that's the, that is in all, almost in all the industries, you know, someone mm -hmm. can come up with, the, you know, take your idea, but, um, are they able to execute it as well as you did, you know, and are they as responsible? So, uh, once we, you know, three, three years into the pet sitting, um, I think you, I think, well, another moment in my life, I just, I was like, man, I'm like, 
it's nice, but I'm like nonstop, like busy. And I, we really don't get to do too much. Like I was trying to figure out how I can get out of it, but still make that same amount of money, but not have as much responsibility. And, uh, I remember having a conversation with a buddy and he at that time had an auto detailing business and we were just like man what, is, what like what's the next thing you know what is the next thing and i was like uh, what, what can we accommodate to both our crowds you know the detailing and to the pet sitting business and then all of a sudden a client asked something about you know hey do you have a house cleaner and i was like I don't personally have a house cleaner, but I know my buddy has this house cleaner. And it just, doop, I was like, huh. I was like, I wonder if I can market to all my clients and basically refer her to them and I make a percentage off of it. And basically she had so much business, she had, she had to stop taking business from us. And I was like, okay, so I see people need, there's a need for cleaning. And... I, I sort of just went gun ho into it. I like I told my buddy, I was like, I was like, Groupon just came out, like literally probably six months prior to us starting the cleaning business. And you did it with him? Yeah, we, we, I did it with him. I was like, let's do a 50 50 or whatever. And we're at that time, we we're running it, uh, running it out of his uh, mom's house and had no experience <laughs> on employees cleaning itself i knew how to clean but no like no experience whatsoever and i contact groupon like my biggest thing was like you know technology and knowing how to like reach out and all that stuff he like he's like you deal with all like trying to figure out how we can grow this you know company and um i was like all right well I reached out to groupon reached out to living social nothing we had like because the lady was super busy and to go back to that, she ended up leaving us and taking all the clients. So now we're back to square one, trying to find new clientele. And we had like, you know, three to four clients a week and everything. And I was like, well, how can we like, you know, what else can we do? And then I remember later that evening, I got an email from Groupon saying, hey, we would like to feature your guys' company. We see you guys, you guys, you know, our new new company and everything. You're like, I'm uh, like oh, my God, I'm like dollar signs. I'm like. I saw there was another company in California. They sold like over 3000 cleanings. They made over, I like did the math. I was like, that's like over a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, in a, such a quick, you know, 24 to 48 hour, you're thinking about this. Well, so probably like 30 days later, we finally get featured. And I remember I was doing the, the walking the dog and I, James, like it goes, it's going live. And I remember right when it went live, it was like 10 cleaning sold, 15 cleaning sold, 30, 50, 100, 200, 300. We sold close to 3,800 cleanings. Wow. And I'm like, uh, well, what do we do now? And, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm trying to be as like calm as possible. And I remember we were like, well, I was like, where do we find cleaners? We don't even have cleaners. And we have all these cleanings. So, we're on, we're on at the time Craigslist and I just put out an ad looking for cleaners. Uh, we'll pay, I think I said, we'll pay a uh, top dollar or something like that. So we literally have probably close to like 30, 50 people coming into his mom's house doing applications and you're hired. You're hired. Yeah, you're good. You know how to clean. Yep. That's fine. You're, you're okay. The phone 
once once because they gave you like a deadline and then you can start scheduling the phone would not ring because it kept going to voicemail like as fast as someone would call it just kept calling kept calling kept calling well oh my god that's like straight anxiety oh my god anxiety to the core we had two phones one person would answer the phones and now we have like family members trying to help out to figure out like what to do and as we're answering a phone deleting a message another message would come in and then it frustrated people they're like hey i've called like multiple times and i would say this was probably like the moment in my i guess entrepreneurial life where i realized i was like wow i think we made like like almost like 300 and some thousand yes in a 48 to 72 hour span but i'm like these people have paid for this and then now they're not getting the service. It almost looks like we're trying to rip these people off. And then you get Groupon. People are calling Groupon like, hey, we've been trying to get a hold of this company. They're not answering the phones. The cleaners that were doing the cleanings that we actually got booked did a horrible job because there was no training. We just sort of went, you know, at a young age, you just, oh, yeah, you know how to clean. So after that whole experience, it was more of like, well, shit, you know, well, I guess we can cuss. Yeah, I was like, well, shit. I'm like, what, what is it now? Like, where are we at now? And I think there was a lot of frustration because we blew through that money to have to pay for payroll and all that stuff. And it was almost like, well, that was like more of like just a slap in the face. Like, yeah, we were the largest selling cleaning company on Groupon, but at the same time, we were the worst cleaning company on Groupon because of the fact that we couldn't execute. And uh, I think a lot of people expected a lot more at the time because it was only a technically an hour and a half cleaning. So when people are coming to your house, not really knowing how to clean, and then they're only getting an hour and a half and they expect the whole house to get clean an hour. So me and my buddy, I, I think it's sort of like just put a strain between our relationship. And uh, we sort of decided just part ways. And he left me with the company. And I, I think it was just like a sort of like a ticking time bomb when you sort of know, like you guys are sort of both like, you know, going your separate way. And I think when that happened, I think that was probably the biggest growth in my life is realizing like I got left with this shitty ass company, have like the worst reviews on Yelp, uh, like probably three clients a week. My, my pet sitting business, I forgot to say, like I sort of let go of my, I sold my pet sitting business to my brother and now I'm sort of left with nothing, but I have like all this knowledge. And I remember telling Jamie, I go, this, I will make pristine one of the best cleaning companies in town. Just give me, give me some time. And I, I, I think it was within, you know, probably a year to a year and a half. And we sort of restructured pristine and restructured the core values, learned actually how to sit down with somebody, train them, you know, learn the full, I guess, hands-on with a, a technician. You know, I hired a field manager to go out to assess jobs. Um, I think I learned more about running a business during that time because it's like when you have, when you sort of feel like everything's just been taken away from you, it's like, how can I learn how to actually grow this instead of just saying, screw it, I'm, I'm done with it, you know? And I sort of saw what other companies were doing. And then it was more or less like, okay, how can I implement this into ours? 
And once I started realizing that and actually learning more about a company, company and employees and all these, you know, different uh, variables that go into running a business, I think that was that like next stage of like, man, I know how to run a company. Now let me see how much I can make from this company and how big we can grow this company. And that's sort of where like everything just started taking off. And uh, we, you know, I would say probably year three, once it was like just by myself, it, it turned into, you know, we had close to like 20, uh, like around 20, 25 cleaners, you know, on a daily basis doing cleanings. And, um, you know, I won't say it was smooth sailing, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was really, uh, it Leaps was really and exciting. Really, yeah, it was really, yeah, really exciting. And a really like more of a, like pat on, pat on my back because I was like, I didn't give up, you know, I knew that we could do this. It was just more of like, how can we structure it to make it work? And um, I, I literally, I remember investing as much, all basically all my money into the company to try to make it work, you know? And uh, it was sort of just like that reward. And yeah, yeah. And that, there's there, so much, there's so much good. Let's pause there for a second. Cause there's like, yeah. there's so much good stuff in there for, this is a podcast for founders by founders. Um, so mm -hmm. it's about talking about the real shit and, you know, everyone has that moment where you're like, just facing what's ahead of you. And you're just like, shit, like, this is a mess. You know, for me, yeah. um, I bought out my partner four years ago. Uh, we had like had the best month we had ever had. I think it was like, we brought in like $16,000 that month in like a February and March we had like one of the worst months we had ever had and like had to let someone go. And like, I was just so confused. Cause I was so like focused on, I guess, like doing the work. And my other partner was like managing the money and um, finances. And so it wasn't like, I was the idea person. I was like, you know, the, like in that, in that mindset, so many people have ideas as entrepreneurs or like I can sell anything. Like I, I'm a right. self-starter and a lot of people aren't self-starters. So like, that's what I bring to the table is like, I don't just have ideas, but I can like get this thing that's at nothing to something. And that's like a skill. Like that is like, not everyone has that. I know that, that so some people can come in and take something that you start and like make it better. But I have no idea about how to start something from nothing. So, but the difference is like, these are skills I had as a person, like just whatever a band or like a, a landscape, a landscaping business or a lawn care business or you know, whatever I was doing, I could, I could get some business from scratch, but like scaling and, and operations and attention to detail is like, I didn't have those skills naturally. And I think nice. like a lot of people can relate to that, whether it was like, for me, it was insecurities around finance. I didn't want to run the finance. So like I had this partner that, that could, um, but that was a low moment when we had to let someone go we had three people. So we let the third person go, you know, in, in March, like after a month where I was feeling high, like, Oh my God, we just had that Groupon moment of like, Oh my God, we have like 16,000 reoccurring <laughs> revenue a month. Like this is huge. Um, and then this huge low after it, that was just like, Whoa, what? Like, you know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, I bought out my partner. It took three and a half years, like honestly, because my partner didn't just walk away at that time. Um, mm -hmm. but it was like, had that moment where it was like, okay, you still have some work to do. You know, you still have like, you've got this thing. Now, what can you do with it? Everyone's saying service-based business isn't the way to go. That's not what you scale. Like that's super hard. And I think one thing that we had differently was like from the beginning, you were 
thinking of scale and how to get other people to like run the business you were creating. And mine mm -hmm. was almost the opposite where it was just like, I was taking on all the work, all the responsibility that you were like, you had that maybe years before in the other business. Yeah. And um, like the, like the Airbnb business, for example, is the one where I built for scale uh, versus Marknology was kind of the, the learning path. So all of that is just, huge i think most entrepreneurs like have that big moment and then you you've gotten past what skills you had and then you're like you come face to face with like oh shit i need to learn this and i don't have right. any idea you know i can't just like wing it you know in school i could wing it i was smart enough to just like barely try and <laughs> just get by i was good enough I, I i winged it i winged it a lot in high school Wing right. You just like you wing it and then you're like, oh, shit, I'll figure this out as we go. Um, that's that's big. OK, so, um, you know, then then the proud moment. I want to talk about that for a second. So you get to this point where you've got cleaners. You're not the best ever, but you're like way better than where you were. Um, it's a level of success. You know, you've got like stuff coming in for me. I struggle the most in those moments, uh, like when my back's against the wall or like that moment where you're like, you've got these bad reviews. You're like talking to Jamie, I'm going to make this the best ever. Like, um, for me, like that's when I get, I'm the, I'm my best self. At least that's how I've been in the past. And when I get to those moments where I'm starting to have those epiphany moments or like, Hey, this is like pat myself on the back. Like, Oh my God, like I got my mom a house or some big yeah. goals that I had that I've checked off the list. Um, it's almost where I get lost again and i i'm serious like because that's actually that's no that's the and the, that's sort of where i'll uh sort of venture on to the next next uh i would say business venture that uh we went from the pristine uh service so we um you know we do pristine pristine's running great you know what year what and year are we in oh god we're in 2021 so 20 2017 Okay, so things start things start running. You things have start running. Moving. Twenty seventeen. Going on vacations, having, and it's just like you know when it. I think it's that uh, another moment of just you're at that point where it's just like what what else is like what else is there you know you you did it you accomplished it you know, and then it started becoming more of how can I make it more efficient to save money, and to make the most out of it, and eliminate some of the expenses that i have so i talk about that a lot with, like, I, I call that like in and i'm a business consultant by trade like for yeah. amazon so i call that growth mode and lean mode like in a, and yeah. i tell brian this all the time i'm like dude don't beat yourself up when we're in a growth mode ride the wave ride the momentum yeah. push 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 it's not about every dollar saved it's about the dollars earned like let's go get the revenue and then it comes into yeah. this mode that's like to me, I don't think you can do growth mode and lean mode at the same time effectively. <laughs> like you need to be in one or the other. So whether it's quarterly that you switch or on Amazon, if they're nitpicking me about, let's say advertising dollars that are just getting data that aren't converting and they want me to like really clean it up. I'm like, I can't learn anything or like grow it while you're also tying my hand. So like, let's pick one or right. the other and jump into that. So you go into a lean mode to be like, okay, I've got this thing going. How do I get more efficient everywhere? Exactly. So I, I uh, started off with, well, one, we're using Google Calendar. And there's not a lot of data in Google Calendar. Granted, it's a great calendar system. But for what we're doing, um, 
the issues that we were having, we were still having issues, you know, like confirmations and all that stuff. I, I sort of thought to myself, I was like, well, first let's build our own calendar software. And then it started off with the calendar software to having extra data that we needed for our company. And then it's turned into, well, how can we be more efficient instead of having uh, three front desk people making confirmation calls and stuff like that? How can we have this automated? So then I added it to the calendar system. So 24 hours, you can set it to whatever you want. Um, you get a confirmation at, you know, confirming the appointment. Because one of the things that when since technology uh, has really taken over over the past, well, cell phones and everything, a lot of people don't have like a lot of people don't answer phone calls. You mm -hmm. know, so a text message is like key. So that was what I was noticing. A lot of people wouldn't answer their phone calls. And then we would have a cancellation the next day. Oh, I sorry. I didn't check my voicemail. So I said, well, one of the things that we can do is implement confirmation calls as well as follow up text messages. One that eliminates us having to have someone calling throughout the whole day that saves money. I can drop down to two staff. Granted, you know, I don't want to, but at the same time, I'm saving money on this. Put them somewhere then, else. Yeah somewhere else and then this uh the second part of it is now i can even see how more efficient our business is because i'm doing a follow-up text message the day after to see how the service is and i wasn't having people call the day afterwards because i was like there's really no point to call somebody but now it's just an added step and then it just turned into now i'm addictive of this whole calendar software and this uh, this optimization piece yes and i'm like oh my god what else can i add and then it was okay well let's create our own portal you have your full chat line and then you have your chat line with your text and then i developed the application so now instead of you know back in the day and i trust me i know there's probably 15 other businesses in town that i've talked to because i've uh had them try our software and they still print out papers every single day have all their clients information on there and just wasted paper, wasted time. And I just go, it's just not efficient. I go, I'm wasting so much paper and payroll, you know, doing payroll, you have to go through each sheet, check the hours, see, mm -hmm. add this all up and everything. And I, it just, it just clicked to me. I go, we need a, we need a, well, CRM, a calendar. I basically just call it a, a, on steroids where it's like so powerful that it just eliminates all these extra hands that have you have to pay. So now you like we have we have developed a Kalanick, that's what it's called, a unique calendar Kalanick, and now you have basically eliminated uh, like now only have like one front desk, one front receptionist that basically handles everything instead of having three. And I I, I feel and like now your customers is, are getting multiple touches and exactly. So yeah. like, hold yeah. on, this is a perfect segment. This is a perfect segment. I told you this is coming up, but fullscale.io, our sponsor for today's episode. You're building a software, you're building an app. Uh, you don't know where to go. Fullscale.io is a great place to go. Get yourself a developer uh, outsourced overseas at a fraction of the price of US labor. Uh, I've used them myself, so they're, they're fire. And I am actually working on some of my own software. I think we actually met right when you're like beta for this was bit. coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was right. It was the first first stage. I think it was like a couple of years ago, uh, when we before we went to Dre's later that night. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like beta mode, and now it's sort of like 
I, I we're like version 2.2.0 but it's pretty pretty neat like the all the staff has their their own logins to the app so they can see their schedules ahead of time uh they are able to communicate with their other team members instead of you know having to send a personal text message to their other team member they can chat through uh they can contact the client we actually have a uh, uh basically like a map number so we actually don't see the customer's number they see like just our, our landline and that number basically converts into the customer's line all this other stuff but um that's sort of now like my my new baby because i'm like okay. this is where i see subscription base i see this is less service base and i've already built this service base to where it's at i see the potential of a subscription base even further growth and uh that's currently yeah i'm basically running pristine uh and running kalanick and uh really just you know i think my focus now over the next you know i would say my, my say my early retirement is 40, but my next four to five years is really trying to grow Kalanick so that it's basically running by itself and uh, moving and grooving. So No, I love yeah. that. I love that. And it's, um, I'm kind of in the same way. Like I needed to take care of my family. I need to take care of my own finances. I needed to eat. Uh, but I've always had software in the back of my mind, ideas, apps, you know, now that I've become kind of an expert around the Amazon space, I'm always just looking for like, what else is needed in this space? Like, what can I develop? Yeah. What, what am I already using? Um, some of the software is out there is great, but I don't I'm not at the control of the helm. And so I can't customize it to my needs. Um, you know, so yeah. it's stu stuff that I'm looking into, you know, if I have 50 brands, let's say you have 50, um, you know, 50 clients with your cleaning business, just for easy math, and you're, you know, you save your cleaners 30 minutes uh, clean by just having efficiencies there or like, you know, whatever that might be from a clipboard to a paper to like, it's all in the app. Like how much time are you saving over time? Like I'm obsessed with automation in my Airbnbs. I'm obsessed oh with uh, automation in my sales process. Like I've got, you know, a multi-series email sequence that goes out when someone contacts us um, from helping them schedule an appointment with one of our, um, our sales reps to, Hey, the second email that comes out is a whole bunch of information about our business, like referrals, references. Um, it's all built in and automated and it's ways that, um, once it, it takes a while to get it done, but once it's done, um, it's there forever. And that's something that's like intoxicating, right? It's just yes. like, Oh my gosh. I remember, um, this one business, they had someone manually sending out emails to all of their Amazon orders. Like they would find their, their email and like type it in and I showed them a $15 a month software uh, that could automatically do that for them. And uh, the lady whose job had been doing that for years was just like, she had been doing that all day, every day for five years or something. Um, and that is insane. $20 software that I was just like, hey guys, like uh, we can have her do something else. Uh, let me show you how to do this. And their minds were just like blown. Um, where did you learn tech? Where'd you get so comfortable with tech, like embracing it? Where'd you kind of get that knowledge? Well, was it was just another, something you always interested in? There was another field business I sort of skipped, but it, it was a small minute one, but that's actually how I got my programmer. And this was like 10 years ago when I did the pet sitting business. So during that little like gap between the pet sitting, sorry, from the cleaning to the pet sitting, uh, uh, well, sorry, the cleaning to, uh, actually me running it by myself. I was working with, uh, another, I had an investor at the time 
because of the whole Groupon experience. And I, again, I, I, I pretty sure I was like the second, uh, we were the second company that thought of this idea. I was like, I know the pet, the pet industry really well. I go, what if we make a pet daily deal website? And I go, just catering to animal lovers to just basically it's a Groupon, but it's only just pets, pet stuff, uh, dog treats, all that stuff. And I had like, connections throughout the, yeah, well, Chewy was not, well, Chewy was there, but it was not as pronounced now, you know? And I remember I told, I told the investor at that time, I was like, I really think this is, she was actually one of my clients uh, for pet sitting. And I told her about it and she was like, I think it's a great idea. And I think at that time and then uh, learning from investors, having an investor and stuff like that. And that's why I'm very, so like, like I like to do everything with my own money. So I don't feel like there's control. Um, it went well, but it, I felt like there was a lot of different avenues that we could have taken to actually grow it to another level. And as an investor, as she was an investor, she was very critical on, well, what are the numbers going to be for this? Or what is this going to be? Well, we won't know until we do it. I mean, there's not another, there was one other company and I'm not going to call them and ask them, Hey, can I get your data so I can figure this out? We need to take the risk to figure out no risk, how no we reward. can get to that next level. Yeah. And it was just basically butting heads back and forth, back and forth. And it was called pet ching, you know, like ching. And every time oh, it was that. actually really neat because I, I had like a little, a little, uh, a little noise. So every time you bite, it goes, ching, you know, but it was ching, and it was so neat because it was just the creativity. And at that time, the developer and I like we, our, our friendship and relationship, like he's in Canada, but um, I got lucky. Like I got a really good developer and he helped us develop that, uh, that website and it was the pet daily deal website and um yeah that was that sort of again that was another uh i think these are all stepping stones and yeah now that what i took from that was a great developer and he's helped me build actually my next company so a relationship uh he's yeah so that's i think when i created Pachin to see the creativity of how you can develop something by code and how to, uh, you know, have all these different APIs and all that stuff. I just became addicted to it, and sort of like what you're saying about, uh, you know, you wanting to try. Well, for example, like your client uh, that was doing like the email listings, you know, or the email stuff by, um, uh, like by herself. And I'm like, I'm the biggest person and an advocate of trying to find other companies what I like from it and implement it into Kalanick, you know? And I'm like, how can I get that on ours, you know? And he's like, well, simple, you know, we just need to do this and take a little bit or whatever. And I think that's one of the things as we keep going with Kalanick, because you always got to keep uh, innovating with your brand, uh, is finding what's that next thing and what's that next, you know, wow factor on why they rather choose you than choose the, the other company. And as we, you know, pick up more clients, you know, I'm in the cleaning industry, so it, it's very helpful when I uh, like sign up somebody and they're like, well, we need this for our company. Good, done deal. Like, we'll get it done for you, you know? And they're like, oh, okay, well, can you get this? And it's like, I'm now learning about their um, needs. 
their yeah their needs and their wants and uh, so right now I can really cater. I know my service base. I know the carpet cleaning service base. And now we're really stepping into more of the contractors because a lot of contractors um, utilize like PDF, uploading PDFs and all that stuff. And the price point is a lot cheaper than a lot of these other CRMs that are just way overpriced. But um, I do understand why they do that. But um, it is, uh, it, it's, it, I think that's what keeps technology and wise like drives me because it's like you see needs and wants and being able to create that for somebody is like a like a little euphoric moment you're like oh yeah that was like nice that was real nice you know? for me it's like how do i for me it's like exciting to be able to replicate my work i guess or my thought process mm -hmm. over and over and over versus like you can't get another human to work exactly like you work or how you would do something yeah. and like in tech and software you can to an extent like if that's doable it's like look i put the work in now to say this is how i would do it or the strategy i would do it or if this then this like i'm making all the decisions one time and mapping that out and then that in turn like i don't need the human to think alongside my level of thinking because this is doing it for right. them so like whenever you're ready to expand to kansas city and need a satellite city you let me know uh right. i think i could think it could be a great way to expand the business and like you're already running it whether it's the app whether it's um you know brian did that with the real estate it's been amazing um you know as i start growing and growing and growing i met this guy in miami uh carlos he's been on the podcast he's a, he's a, he's amazing he goes by the wizard uh he told his story he got his story uh growing insects and and digging up worms and selling them um and growing worms and he's like exited his business for three million that was kind of his first thing his first like non-failure business and then you you started with picking up shit right and he started with growing <laughs> he started with growing worms and like you know when i really think about the guys that i like respect that have done it it's like man like um when you're willing to do what no one else has done or think outside the box or that's where like the big ideas are and i think that's the big difference between entrepreneurs and let's say investors is that risk tolerance um and right. you know so some in entrepreneurs become investors because they want to get outside of that risk tolerance maybe things in their life have changed maybe they've got kids maybe they got a wife now instead of just like them being a solo artist you know i think that's a big part of it like your risk tolerance can change um but tech is that scaling that scaling piece of it so i think like that hybrid model um is amazing you know i see the same kind of thing with barber shops or hair salons or um you know some of those things how do you get that repeatable process in place and you know for me um the way that i've set up my automation for example like whenever i'm reaching out to new brands to work with or things like that they comment on it and they're like wow this is really professional i really like this series it felt personal that text message or that follow-up email even though they know it's automated because i'm saying it's automated they like that touch and it makes them think hey if someone is you know this optimized or efficient in their own business mm -hmm. how, how are they going to help me in mine you know and right. i think it translates well, it translates it's so funny because sort of like the automation portion like uh with the follow-up text messages that we have and i was like you know instead of just having like one name you know like hey this is you know john from pristine just checking to see how your cleaning was i was like let's just like throw like 30 different names in there and then you know so it like randomizes it so like People are like, oh, it was great. You know, it's always like a reply. You get a reply because they they feel like it's real, you know, and 
But it, it's funny because when they call, they're like, hey, is John there? And they're like, well, I was like, oh, unfortunately, he's not in right now, you know. But um, We have is, Lorenzo. Is a good, uh, yeah, this is Lorenzo, you know, but um, that's, that is that I think that's the best part about it is when you make it such a, I guess, a realistic feeling of like, it's just not thank you for your cleaning, you know, da, 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 da. you make it more personable. And I think that a lot of more, uh, more people will appreciate that. So, yeah. well, awesome. Well, as, as we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour, so we got to wrap it up, but I want to kind of close out with a couple of things. We might need a part two or part three yeah. to, co- to cover everything we're doing, but um, you know, this, this episode is called no risk, no rewards. And it's one thing that, you know, you talked about early on when you were telling your story about putting everything you had back into the business to make it work. And that's something that I've done. I don't have Lamborghinis. I don't have like any of the like swag. I don't have a Rolex. I don't have. And it's not that I don't like nice things. Right. It's that when you're a real entrepreneur, you know, you're so focused on making this thing grow and work that anything that deters from that seems like a distraction. And it's not you know, it's not aligned. And so whether that's buying more computers for my company, whether that's getting them headsets, whether that's getting them better computers, whether that's getting them better desks so they want to be at work, whether that's, uh, you, you know, um, partnership software that we don't have, whether it's paying for the developers to make, you know, make us a video that really tells our story, you're just investing constantly. And when I think about like, what's the one thing that I've done to get where I'm at, is that I've put back into myself, and into my team, which is a proxy of myself, um, right. for seven years straight. Um, and you know, it's taken seven years to get to where I'm at in August, we turned seven. Um, and I'm more like a train, I feel like than a sprinter, you know, like it's a locomotive yeah. that's picking up speed as we go. And it's like, it's taken me seven years of putting back into my business, um, to get where we're at. And I think uh, no risk, no reward is a proper title for this as people that have constantly just put back in, put back in. Building a software is not cheap. You know, it's no. from from, <laughs> no. No. from time to development dollars. Like it's it's putting it in. And you know what? It's when, when you have those investors or whoever saying, well, can you prove that this works? It's like, no, but it's a good idea. And I have bet on myself before. And I know that I'll do whatever it takes to make this idea come to life or I'll die trying with the idea, you know? And uh, so I want you to just leave like one thing, I guess, with, with our listeners. Um, If you had to send a message kind of about your journey to get to here, um, you know, what do you have to, what do you have to say? Well, I, I think one of the things that you just said that sort of made me think of what I'm about to say is it's like a train, you know? I think that entrepreneurial is never something that happens. It seems like it happens overnight because you experience it for such a a long time. And it's just like, man, it seems like it just happened, but it's really like a long journey. And there will be a lot of, there'll be a lot of, you know, rough nights and a lot of hiccups. But I think at the end of the day, if you are, you know, if you know inside of you that you have the drive to keep that train moving, I think whatever you do will definitely somehow come out successful. And I think that it just, it falls on yourself. You know, if you, it's going to, there'll be a lot of failures, you know, it's, but it's those one or two that just like, Oh my God. And then you find from that to move to the next one, you know? And I think that's, you know, what I would say, you know, it's just, 
keep keep trucking along. Keep trucking I love that. Along until you get to the- Question: Could you have done it without Jamie? No, I couldn't. She, she's she's my diehard. She, I know. She's, I know she's, she's the train. I know she's, she's in the, the room. She's I was. The train. I was I was throwing you under the bus for that one because we're friends. Uh, um, no, and you know what? Like I started I started my business on my own, but my sisters are are like my Jamie um, and have helped me build everything. And you know when I'm in those moments where I'm like, what the fuck have I got myself into? Um, you know they've been there to just be like, we got this. You know, hey, like you know, let's just buckle down. We'll get the job done. And I do think that's something I'm leaving with like, you know, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs or some that are in that dark spot is like, you need those people around you because I can be up 99% of the time, but there's that 1% where you feel like quitting or whatever, you know, and you need those people that are just like, we got this. Um, And most of your stories all involve Jamie, you know? So it's like, you know, having that rock early on, mine joined me kind of a little bit into the journey when I really needed them. Um, But for those people like that supporting cast, um, having people around you that continue to uplift your ideas that tell you you're not crazy when you're like chasing something new. Um, cause they, you know, maybe they've seen you do it in the past or they, you know, they just have faith in you for the longest time. I was trying ideas that just didn't like, I was a security guard at casino. That's when I had my moment. I'm not going back. Like I did. I, had a, <laughs> I was a security guard at Ameristar. I wasn't in Vegas, but I was just like, I can't just sit here and watch people just, you know, hit the button like for six yeah. hours at a time. It was it was like, you know, those moments and having people to say like, yeah, you like take this risk, leave that money on the table, like go try something else. Um, I think it's huge. I think we could but talk know- all day. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you just said, and I think that that was like another huge learning spot for me was your circle. Your circle is like everything. If you don't have the right circle and you have someone negative in your circle or someone that's n- you know, not having that same vision, I you you'll always get distracted. You know, so I think that that's one of the the biggest things that you said, and I I totally agree. You got it's it's your circle, your team, your rocks, and well, once you have that, it's it's no stopping you guys. You know, awesome. Well, where can people? Um, we'll have these tags in the bottom, but for anyone listening in their car or on YouTube where they find us, like where can people follow you on Facebook, Instagram? Um, the business, whether it's you or the business, like <laughs> where can people find you? Um, they just, I think my, God, Jesus, my Instagram is uh, Lorenzo underscore Oliver. So L-O-R-E-N-Z-O underscore Oliver. And all my business, my business handles are all on, on my page. So you can follow all our, all our journeys. Awesome. I, I, uh, I love following you and the family. Like it's so much fun watching you guys just build like what I know from Brian it kind of fills in the gaps, you know? So uh, it's fun, but I will have all their tags. It's at pristine underscore cleaning. They're on LinkedIn. They're on Facebook. Yelp. Leave them a good review. You know, they've got some bad ones there. We need to try to offset it, everybody. <laughs> um, Lorenzo, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. All right, man. I appreciate it. Okay, awesome. I'll see you in Vegas soon. I'm coming for Prosper. If we don't link up this time, I'll be there next time. Um, once again, thanks to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Thank you, Hustlers. We'll see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.